Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. guys it's titus welcome back to the mvm show glad you could join us and hey i want to ask you guys a favor I, you know i do this probably once a year this is the episode i do it in help us out hook a brother up and if you can check out um uh if you listen on spotify please go on there and just give us a five star if you can um just haven't asked for that in a while and it's just kind of hung in there if i'm not kind of saying something about it it's not never really moves it moves onesie twosie but when i say it in an episode people definitely get in there and just hey it's easy like right now if i'm on spotify and i got some other podcasts that i listen to um but if you click on it and you listen in spotify you can click on the show that you listen to which mvm show of course and then right up there you can see our kind of our um Thumbnail, I guess, says MVM Show, Titus Headings, if you're following it or not. And then right down below following, below the description, is a little kind of circular box, I guess. And it, it says 172 uh, ratings. It says a 4.9. So if you can go in there, you tap on that, and then it lets you rate it, rate the show between 1 to 5. If you've already done it, obviously it's not going to let you do anything but if you haven't please go in there if you live listen on apple podcast you can go in there go to your library click on the show that you listen to and then on there you got to scroll down through some of the episodes a little bit and then you can tap to rate and you can write a review so you can rate it and review it so we're pretty good there but it hasn't moved a lot just because i again i haven't pushed for a lot so i know the big thing for a while was the youtube mvm show channel and uh, you helped us hit a thousand i think we're 
getting close to 1100 or maybe we're over 1100 now i haven't looked in a while but anyways you can also check that out and subscribe to it if you want if you want to watch it on video so but yeah my big thing today is if you can just uh, take the time you enjoy the content go on there um apple podcast or spotify and rate it and review it however you want to do it really appreciate that and helps the show get pushed out there i'm going to start this is the time of year where i go from like one a week Probably like during January, I kind of slow down to one a week or one every couple of weeks. And then this time of year, I get to where I'm doing for sure one every week, if not two a week. So I'm going to start ramping up the episodes. I just had a great guest on. If you have not heard of him, you will listen to him on Monday. I've thrown this extra episode in this week on a Thursday because I missed Monday. No, I did have an episode. I had it with Hero to the Line, which was a great episode. Go check that out. But I didn't have one last week, so I was trying to put out two this week to catch back up and keep it keep it uh, the content rolling. But Barn Ramsey comes on from Southern Oak Kennels on the next episode, and man, we had a great conversation, hour long podcast. And um, I guess I'll let the cat out of the back. I am going to be getting my next uh, lab from Southern Oak Kennels. I already know exactly what stud that I want to get a pup from. Um, Kind of going to start the pro- the relationship rolling with Barton. We've talked a few times on the phone. He comes on the podcast. He's definitely going to probably do two or three more episodes this year. And um, I actually, if I can, I'm going to try and make a trip out there this year. And you say, man, what about Rocky? Hey, trust me. Don't worry about Rocky. <laughs> Rocky's still got at least, I'd say at least four solid seasons left on him. He is five and a half. He'll be six in November. And he'll turn six. And uh, I know, you know, it's kind of like a nine-year-old, 10, ten's like pushing it. And even then, it's got to be really weather-specific. And it's really sad to think about that, honestly. <clears throat> um, I really don't like thinking about that. And I had some friends that lost some dogs this year that were pretty young. One was six and one was seven. And it's a heartbreaker. And I don't even want to think about that. And But... That being said, I also never want to go without a gun dog, a hunt dog, duck dog again, ever. Like, I do not want no gap of time where I got to wait to train another one up. I want my next one ready to roll. So, believe it or not, uh, it's that time to be looking. And I was talking to Barton about it, and he's like, yeah, usually people are getting there between when they turn six and when the dog turns seven. Right in that gap is when they actually pick up another pup. So, by the time that one's trained up and your other dog meaning your dog you have now is between six and seven, your pup is ready to go when your other one's basically slowing down or not hunting much anymore. So it's going to be a, I never seen myself having two labs. I'm not, uh, not how much I'm sure I'm looking forward to that. The dog food bill going up and another crate and just all kinds of things, but I'm excited about it. Um, real excited. And that's going to be different just because of the level, excuse me, level of the dog that I'll be getting. Um, so I am excited about that, but I don't like, on the other side, I don't like thinking about Rocky retiring too, because that was my first dog, first trained dog I trained and, and, uh, you guys all love him and know him and he's made anything that I have what it is because he's there, people ain't there for us, obviously, and that's fine. I'm glad they're there for Rocky. So anyways, I might dig into that a little bit deeper later on uh, in another episode, but I want to get right into why I had this episode today. I've been wanting to do this one for a while. 
And I want to do it on prep for out-of-state duck hunting. Um, I know there's several that have reached out to me and asked opinions and thoughts and what do you do in this situation. And I really want to make this, and I don't think this will be the only one because I'll probably have Thomas on too. Thomas always picks up a lot of this. Wherever I leave the slack, he picks it up and always comes in with thought, stuff I never thought of. I mean, just, I'm just one person at one angle. So, but uh, don't worry if you think I left something out. I'm not because we're going to do more. If you want to throw some stuff, like say in uh, YouTube, if you watch on there, the show, you can put it in the comments. Stuff maybe that I didn't say in this one. Not that I don't want to talk about it or don't plan on talking about it but i got certain things i'm going to cover in this one and if you have something i maybe left out that i'm just didn't mention say it and we'll cover it in the next one so let's get started prep for out-of-state duck hunting so this is um you obviously there's going to be some people that for their whole life are just completely fine with hunting their club their whole life or hunting uh, public refuges in their state wherever that may be on their public land, but then there's some of you guys that they you want to get outside, or I encourage you actually. I encourage you if you really don't ever have never planned on or thought of going out of state. Um, it doesn't have to be across across the country. It can be in your state next door. I highly encourage it because as a waterfowler, excuse me, I was up early this morning rolling on episodes, getting stuff done, but um. I highly encourage you to do it and push yourself because sometimes it is a push. you got to force yourself to do that. Um, just as far down as, let me go, let me back step here a little bit. Some people will never leave their area, period, in their home state. They just will not venture out. And, and that's totally fine, too, because you, when you venture out, your success ratio does go down at first. And if time is of the essence and you can only hunt, eight to 10 to 12 times a year. I totally get that. I understand it. I was the same way. But once I was able to honestly financially and honestly time-wise be able to venture out more job dependent, which the job I have right now does allow that, gives me time off during the week to hunt more, then I do encourage you to do it because once you dial in these other places um, and you make the sacrifices of not maybe, excuse me, my goodness, shooting your birds that you want over time, you will, because you're going to have more um, aces in the hole, so to speak, of like, okay, the weather's dead here. I can drive four hours north or four hours south or four hours east or west, hit the weather, hit the migration. I can chase it even in my state. You know, if you live on the north side of the state and maybe the birds push through, you know, hey, I got spots down south that I can hit that I know kind of from the scouting reports or from friends that there's birds down there right now. So it can definitely give you a lot more success in the season and it can uh, just give you a lot more adventure in your life and more excitement. I mean, we're always looking for that and chasing that anyways as duck hunters. So I'm going to go ahead and get started on four things is I'm going to talk about costs. I'm going to talk about decoys which that's really a short one, uh, clothing and then going to scouting and things I do and have learned over, I don't know, maybe only this, is, I guess four for sure, four years that I've been going out of state. Um, I don't think it's been five. I think it's about been four. So I got a long ways to go, but I have learned a lot 
and uh, maybe to save you guys some of the heartache, I'll go some share some of those with you. So, anyways, so cost. Obviously, the biggest thing nowadays, even in states that always have had cheaper fuel, even your fuel's higher. So you want to count the cost before you go on a trip. Obviously, can I afford this? Can I do this? How can I make it most cost effective? And uh, fuel being the first thing, you got to take a vehicle to get there or. Maybe you're going to fly there. That's a whole nother can of worms I'm not even going to open right now. But you're talking, if you fly somewhere, you're talking about uh, flying with your clothes, flying with your guns, paying for your baggage. You're talking about dealing with flying with the gun, which is not too bad. Uh, you're talking about getting a rental car or having someone pick you up. And then you're talking about all these other things. So anyways, that's a whole nother can of worms I won't open right now. But fuel. So fuel, you got the fuel, you got the food. Uh, when I'm hunting hard and somewhere I've not been, I'm probably going to be in the field longer than I am at the room. If I've been, if I'm going somewhere where I've had success, I've got some good pins for Onyx or spots. I might limit out in two or three hours and then be back at the room or eating breakfast at 11 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning, and then chilling out in the afternoon. But let me tell you this, when you're duck hunting, it always, you always have that allurement of, Man, I'm going to limit out, I'm going to go to breakfast, and then I'm going to sleep the rest of the afternoon, get caught up in sleep. Just kick that to the side. On a trip, um, unless you're different from me, it just, you're never, just don't plan on getting rest. Don't plan on thinking, man, I'm just going to catch up this afternoon. Because what ends up happening is, if you want to stay successful the day two, you got to go scout that afternoon. So... Unless you just got a spot that's so hot, you could hit it for, excuse me, two or three days, okay? I'm actually not bored on this topic, contrary to my yawning. Um, I think I live on four hours of sleep, so I apologize. I just just can't help it. I'm actually really pumped about this conversation because I think I could definitely save some people some heartache, some money, and some time. So um, you got the fuel, you got the food. Um, again, so where I was going with that is food wise, usually like if, okay, so say if we drive up in the morning and we got a long drive, we're not going to get there till that night. Um, it depends on what time we get there. And if we already have a spot for the morning that we had from prior experience, usually if we're not there too late, we'll go ahead and go to the store. We'll eat fast food or go to a restaurant. Usually not a restaurant. We'll usually hit fast food that evening for dinner and then we'll go to the grocery store and pick up just things like maybe some milk and cereal uh something to get get you going in the morning some coffee uh you know i gotta have my creamer um some cured cups or whatever for coffee and then a few snacks some drinks um honestly when we go on trips we don't really uh cook at the place, which always sounds like an amazing idea. We always say we're going to cook steaks, you know, some rosemary, some butter, and we're going to mash potatoes. But honestly, you're usually so beat. It just never works out that way. One of these days, we're going to do that. Me and uh, Jake, a friend of mine, they've been starting to go out of state too. We swear up and down we're going to do that next season. So I think we will because there's nothing like I'm cooked food, honestly. I'd rather eat that any day of the week than eat out, but it's just for time-saving purposes. But if you're trying to go the cheap route, obviously you want to do that. Um, we'll buy like peanut butter and jelly or something, some bread, maybe have that or some sandwich stuff. I, 
Thomas would be smirking at me right now if he heard me saying that because I really I really don't probably buy like uh, what are those called crustables. I just do quick easy stuff, a lot of trail mix. Got to get your Mountain Dew, your waters, and then just whatever I I don't know whatever I'm in the mood for. But I'll do that. We do that the night before, and then that night when we get back to the room, I'll pack uh, like I'll throw it in. Um, my uh, dry bag, I'll throw in like a uh, couple bags of Trump, like small bags of Trump mix, throw in the water, throw in some couple dews. And then, uh, I, you know, I may or may not throw a crust bowl in or something like that, or I don't know, some donuts or whatever, nothing crazy. Cause your hopes are always that you don't got to spend all day out there. And usually even if we're not doing that good, we won't really stay. I mean, if there's birds not flying, I'm not sitting out there till one o'clock because we have done that and sometimes that pays off because the the flights in the afternoon but if it's a spot we've had success before we're not going to do that because we know like well we got we better go look elsewhere and see where the birds are at right now so you need to kind of get out of there if there's no action if birds are trickling in and it's 10 o'clock and you've got two guys and the limit's seven each and you're at nine birds we're staying and we'll just stay until it completely dies, and then we'll do our afternoon scouting. But we're never usually sitting out there all day. We've done it to – we've sat out there all day on places where we've seen thousands of birds, and we get there in the morning, and all morning long there ain't a single bird there. And we're like, well, it's an afternoon spot. And maybe run back into town, grab something, and come right back, and then stay out there till dark, and then find out whether, oh, it was an afternoon shoot place or pff, the birds are gone, you know. And it's great when they come back in the afternoon, but there's times they don't. So your food, you you just got to play that by ear, but that's usually what we do for food. Now for lodging, um, you that's all part of the cost. I'm going to go somewhere with that here in just a minute, in a little bit, but I'm not going to di- dive into how we attack that, but I was just going over cost. So lodging, I mean, man, lodging, you can stay in some ghetto like, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Rat cockroach-infested places, and you could probably... I've seen numbers for like 50 bucks a night. I'm the kind of guy, I don't want to pull the sheets back or the blanket back 
and see like look like a grizzly bear slept in there because of all the hairs if you know what i'm saying <laughs> like i've had that happen trying to save money it's like eh, uh, <laughs> it's not worth it for me like i'll just take a sleeping bag which you could do this you could save money on the lodging that way you have a shower so you can get the cheap place the 50 dollars place a night just don't lay your bear skin in the blankets because it ain't clean, which makes you wonder where else it's not clean. You could take a sleeping bag, lay on top of that, and at least you got a nice comforter. You got a warm room, and you got a shower somewhere you can brush your teeth. So there is that option. Don't, or you can do this also. Now, the problem is with duck hunting, um, if you go, the best time of duck hunting is cool or colder. So depending where you're at, you could camp out. And sometimes we do do that in the early part of duck season where it's still warmer and not too cool we'll camp out in like uh we've done in thomas's truck or my truck flip there if we can have a campfire it's actually really fun we've done that a few times and that's actually a blast because i love camping and sometimes a lot of places you don't have to pay for the campground or wherever wherever you're staying you might just be staying on blm land or public land that you don't gotta pay nothing i mean that's obviously the cheapest route and if it's not too like you know negative five degrees you can do that so cost wise you can go from camping out which means you might have to buy a little more groceries because maybe you're gonna make food there to the ghetto cockroach ridden hotel to um, a nice hotel which may cost you you know 100 to 140 bucks a night but you can sleep in the sheets and you can walk around barefooted in your room to Airbnb. So we'll get into the Airbnb concept here. This is this necessarily isn't where I'm going to give you some great tips, which I think that may have already helped some people. But I, the real money tips are here down here in a minute. So decoys, let's jump from cost to decoys. That's not a long topic. That take me one minute to talk about. But if you know where you're going... You should know kind of, at least if you don't research what kind of birds are in that area, and that's, use Google for that. Google it. Look whatever you're going. Refuges in this area. Wildlife, bird, refuges, or however you want to type that in Google. You're smart enough. Type it in there. See what kind of waterfowl is in your area. If it's a heavily goose area, if it's a heavy mallard area, or if it's a heavy diver area, Know that stuff before you go in. If you don't, you can't find out, take everything. But, and I've done that. I've filled up, we filled up a trailer with a trailer with all of our decoys and taken everything because we just didn't fully know. And that's always, that is a safe route. If you don't have room for that, that could be a problem. But if you do have the room for it, take everything and then play it by ear. Um, but I like to do the research and kind of see what's there first. If it's a heavy mallard area, then we're just rolling with, you know, five dozen mallards and maybe a dozen pintails or something like that. Um, it's not, if it ends up being more than that and different birds than just mallards, it's not going to kill you to have mallard decoys, you know. Maybe in a diver situation, but even then, I don't think so. So, it, decoys are decoys, believe it or not. I'm kind of in an impression... It doesn't have to be. It's nice. If I have the option, I'm taking what I have, but uh, it's not It's not the end of the world. You don't need to run down to sportsmen's when you're out of state and you're already spending money to go buy two or three dozen other variety of ducks or something because you don't have it. Okay, that's that for, 
for decoys, for clothing. So again, you don't really want to take the whole kitchen sink if you don't have to, but it depends on what kind of gear you got. Um, I really like the layering layering concept. Um, that's obviously it. Just it doesn't have nothing to do with Sika or Kuyu, um, but in anything, you obviously want to have maybe your T-shirt, then your long sleeve that's thinner, then your maybe a thicker long sleeve with a hood, and then a hoodie, and then a jacket, and then your waterproof jacket. So those are layers. You got your waiter. You can take things from like. Guys wearing shorts underneath their waders to thin, long, you know, thin, like, pants or pajama pants or bottoms or whatever, then to thick, like, depending on how cold you're going to go, as thick as you can get, because you know you're going to be in some cold environments. So, and then that depends, too, if you're wearing insulated waders that you don't need to do that with, but um, you really... You want to be prepared. I think we all know there's nothing worse than realizing you did not bring warm enough stuff. So you kind of want to be that. I would say you want to err on the side of caution when it comes to clothing, but you don't need to bring four jackets, four hoodies, four long. You know what I mean? It's, you can if you want, but you just just if you do that layering concept, you're gonna you're gonna be set because if it's warm, you can shed stuff. If it's cold, you can put more on. Um, being in a boat, <clears throat> I do have one of those goofy looking hats with the flaps and all that. And it could be, it can kind of be funny sometimes, but, um, funny looking, but I promise you it ain't funny when, uh, it's 20 degrees outside and you're in the boat and you've got a, basically a 30 mile an hour wind chill. <laughs> there ain't enough you can put on. I mean, that's at that point you want the neck gator, you want the face shield, you want the warm hat. You want the goggles for your eyes so they tear up and freeze on the side of your face. You want the good jacket. Maybe you won't wear the jacket when you're hunting, but for that boat ride, you're going to wear it. Uh, now, if you're walking in, and that's another, that's a whole other. See, I start cold walking in because if you're carrying decoys on your back and you've got two dozen decoys on your back and you've got your, your dry bag with your gear in it, and then you got your gun on you, and then maybe your dog stand or whatever you're carrying for that if you have a dog, I mean, you are going to get warm fast, not even in five minutes. And that was one thing I learned in the military. The drill sergeants, we'd go on a ruck march, and they would not allow us to wear a jacket. They would not allow us to wear anything because they knew we'd get soaking wet carrying those 80-pound packs within, you know, 15 minutes. I mean, it don't take no time. So start. I suggest start cold. Um, not where you're shivering and shaking so bad, but like, you're like, Ooh, I could put another lay on right now. Cause I promise you put that in your bag, keep it dry. You don't want to get soaking wet with sweat because then you're just going to make yourself colder. So start cold, throw your jacket or your hoodie in layer down to that point where you're just like, this is a little too chilly for me. Throw that in. Don't put that on, throw it in your bag, start hiking and and in 10 minutes, you'll be so glad you did because you're gonna, your body heat's going to rise big time. Then when you get to the spot, you unload everything, take everything off. You're starting to throw decoys out. Throw your decoys out too because you, you stay warm doing that. But that, about that time, once you start tossing your decoys out, you're about halfway through with that. You're like, okay, I can feel the cool breeze now. You can go throw that jacket on. So now you're not sweating. Now you put your extra layer on and you're perfect. 
But man, if you get soaking wet and you stop halfway, like, oh man, I gotta get this stuff off. You're yanking stuff off of you. Uh, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late because as soon as you pull that off, you feel better for a minute, but then you cool down too fast. Then you're wet. Your your under layers are wet, and then you're just in a bad place. So, saying that all that about clothing, um, before you go somewhere, just I suggest get it in a good weather app. Um, my favorite one, it's not it's not really an app. <clears throat> it's a website, and it's government website. It's NOAA, so um, NOAA, so NovemberOscarAlphaAlpha.com. Um, well, shoot, I was about to say .com. I think it's .org because it is a government website. Let me double check. Yeah, gov. So NOAA.gov. And you go into their weather section, there's an unbelievable amount of stuff you can find on there. But just go to their weather section, and you could type in the city and the state. And then in that, because I use this all the time for flying and stuff, but in that, you can uh, go see graphs. You can see radar. You can see wind directions and speeds. And it's the most accurate I personally have ever seen. Um that's what I like. And you can see the 10-day forecast there, the highs and the lows. So wherever place you're going, look that stuff up because that's where you can go and see like, oh, man, okay, it's going to be 75 during the day, this early season when we go, but it cools down fast at night. It's usually 40s in the morning or whatever. Then you know how to base your, your clothing from there and what you need to pack. Again, if you're smart, and I know all of you are, just take that extra little bit of gear just in case. Because weather can change in some places quicker than others. But, uh, yeah, um, just use that that weather app for that. Um, I also use WeatherBug, which there's nothing special about that. Except why I like WeatherBug, um, weather is pretty accurate on it. You can add anywhere in and look anywhere you want. But what I like it for is not really the 10-day or the hourly or the maps but I do like it for the radar. Um, right below the temperature, you can click on the radar and you can see radar's radar. Okay, so you, they have the future radar and you can see where rain or snow is coming from. If it's not over you yet or if it's on you and you're waiting for it to break up, you'll see about give or take within 5 to 15 minutes of when it's going to break up or when you're going to get doused with a big storm of water. So... I really do like their radar. I don't know why. Maybe just I've used it for so long. And in their layers, you can turn on different things. You can turn on future radar, radar, storm tracker, visible satellite, infrared satellite, regular satellite. You can see severe storm risk, all that stuff. So I don't know. That's just, there's other apps. I downloaded some. I didn't like them. So that was my go-to for radar. Um, other than that, Yeah. That's what I I do for uh, weather apps, but use those to kind of base your clothing off of. All right, lastly, um, here's the big thing. So for scouting, Onyx um, is a huge thing. Um, uh, what I do when we go to a place, and this is prep for out-of-state duck hunting, I will, a place that I've never been to, I will take a certain colored pen in Onyx, and I will pin. I will just run on Onyx. So I'm gonna open it up right now. I can't remember what color pin season's been over for a little bit, but I have a specific color pin. I do the premium just because I do travel, so it has all the states in it. 
Uh, you can do just your state, and it is cheaper. Um, but, okay, like so, for instance, spots I want to go to or have in mind, I do a black X. So, like, okay, I've never been there. It looks like a good area. It looks kind of ducky because my, my hunt layer for on my maps, um, I use the, let's see, which one is it? The hybrid 2D. They have 3D too, um, a map, but I use, there's a reason I don't use that all the time. Let me see. Because one, number one, it takes longer to load. I bounce between 3D and just the regular, uh, the 2D. 3D is when I find a spot and it looks really good and then I want to get more detailed view. That's when I'll go to 3D, but um, just for loading purposes and if you don't have good service, it's just too hard to load. I'll stay in the 2D and I'll stay in the satellite because there's a hybrid in the topo. So topos like seeing elevations and stuff, which I, I use that once in a while, but mainly I stay on satellite. You can do um, hybrid as well, which will give you street names, road names, freeways, all that stuff, which I do. I do hang out on hybrid a lot, but Anyways, I will put black X's on spots I want to check out. I haven't yet, maybe, but I do want to check out. Um, that's what I put the black X's on. The red, the red, um, I have red stuff in my phone, and that will have a duck in it, a symbol, because I've hunted it, and I've killed birds there. Or because if I if if I don't have it pinned, and I've been there. Or let me, let me think of how I'm trying to say this. So if I've hunted this area, say if it's a reservoir or something, and I got pins with birds there, I've seen birds there, I've killed birds there, more than likely. Um, or I know it's a good spot. So maybe I'll still, even though maybe I haven't hunted it, it's I'm leaving the pin there. If there ain't no pin there and I've hunted the area, it's because I haven't seen no birds there and or I had one there and it was no good and I took I deleted the pin. I don't just leave a million pins in my phone. So that's how I'll do a spot I haven't been to. I will make a bunch of pins, and then when we go scouting, we'll hit all those. And usually we'll find stuff scouting for those spots. Like, man, that pin was dumb. I, but I couldn't see it in person, so I didn't know. You know, so basically um, I pin it with a black pin. I go in there with the black X, you know, and I look at it. I'm like, oh, this ain't even doable like this isn't even a spot I would want I delete it right then and there and I move on and on my way to the next one I'm like oh man look at that spot and this is the pointer I'm going to give you this is kind of a cheat code that I'm giving you right now but this one's I'm going to give you a real obvious one and I'm going to give you one that you probably didn't think of before unless you've had it happen to you but let's say you're running down a river let's just say you're in a boat okay and you all of a sudden you're running the edge line of the bank or whatever, and you went to your X, your black X, and you're like, ah, there ain't nothing there, and you keep going. All of a sudden you see, guess what? A blind. Maybe it's actual made blind where they made it kind of really nice and covered up, and it was almost kind of hard to see, but you were close enough to the shoreline, you seen a blind there. Then go there, you can check that out. You know, as long as you're not on private property or still in someone's spot, which a lot of places like that aren't. You're not. People, everybody in their grandma uses it. Um, just be careful because if it's, depending on what time of day you're on, there might be people on. You don't want to, I don't, 
you just don't, you want to have some med kit. You don't want to be running the river at nine in the morning, really, like that. Just got to be careful. I'm not saying you can't do it. Just be careful because there might be guys hunting and you can't see them until you get real close. And then all of a sudden you see their decoys. You're like, whoops, those guys are ticked off at you. But so I don't really do my scouting at hunt times. So I, I just don't do it. Um, just for etiquette purposes. So you'll see a blind and it's real nice and built up or there's just a bunch of sticks and you could tell like, okay, someone's hunted here. Now, the next thing is, is maybe there is no blind and you're, you're kind of, maybe you walking on the bank or you're just slowly kind of putting along on the edge and you're looking, look for spent shells. That is probably (laughs) the best thing I could tell you. It sounds obvious, but maybe you haven't thought about it before because you see those spin shells and you see a pile, which it's ridiculous that you see that, honestly. Um, we got to pick up for ourselves. I am not advocating that. In fact, think about this for a second. If those guys would have did their due diligence and if that's their little hotspot, whoever hunts that, there may be three, four, five groups that hunt that sporadically. If they were smart and they found a money spot, they would have been picking their shells up, not just for littering purposes. You got to pick your shells up. Please pick your shells up. But for the secondary purpose of now people see that. And if they've been there, done that like me, I know, oh, this is a good spot. And guess what? I'm changing my black X pen over to probably a red X or a red duck pin on my phone i'm just that's just the reality of it because these are fresh shells here this must be a good spot the birds like to come to whether it's the morning or afternoon so if you want to save your spot pick your shells up uh if you're if you're too lazy to pick your shells up then don't cry when other people are hunting there when you show up so that is a trick and maybe some people can say take that any way they want but that's how i roll and i and i don't feel a bit guilty for that um that has nothing, in my opinion, to do with etiquette. You just did scouting and you stumbled onto it. That don't happen very often, uh, but it does happen. So, and that's just for waterfowl. I do different colored pins for different hunting, like if it's turkey spots, if it's parking spots, I may use like a turquoise pin. If it's boat ramps, I use like a like a purple pin, so I know where launches are at. I got a lot of a lot of black X's still that I haven't touched. Um, turkey stuff. Actually, I got yellow X's on here too, and I can't remember why. I, I don't know if I switched over to try to use start using yellow X's. I think is actually what I did. So like a yellow X, so it sticks out to me like, oh, these are spots you want to check out. But anyways, um, the spin shell thing was a big thing that I wanted to tell you guys, and then blinds made along the side. Now, if you're on a refuge or you're on public land that you're hunting, um, that's all walk-in stuff. It's the same thing. It really, it really is the same thing with the spin shells. Unfortunately, um, like I said, people doing that is wrong. Shouldn't do that. I mean, it's trash. Spin spin shells is trash. Like, just don't do it. It's pack it in, pack it out. You know, we want to keep places nice, and we want to keep it. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. 
However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Open to our hunting. Uh, we got to take care of it. I mean, that's just a bi- the big deal. I know there's times you can't get every single shell. It depends on what you're hunting when you shoot. You, you might not be able to. Maybe you miss a couple. I don't know if they fall in, in brush and you don't see it. But please, let's let's do our best to do that. So for scouting, I've already talked about Onyx. Uh, Google Earth. <coughs> I like looking at Google Earth on the computer, but I really don't like um, doing it on my phone. And you can if you need to. But like this is the prep that I'm doing to go on an out-of-state duck hunt. I'm looking at this in advance. So I'll find stuff. Onyx is great. It's good. But if I really want to get a detailed look at it, I will go on Google Earth. And, and if I got good service, which I usually don't even try to unless I do, then you're like, wow. I mean, you can see everything. I mean, you can really get a good idea of the topography, the layout, uh, just details that you'll get on there that you might not get on Onyx. So that's definitely a big t- big thing I used. Um for I should have said this first, but I'm gonna really hyphenate this is read the regs, 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 regulations, regulations, procedures for whatever state you're going to. Guys, you're gonna think you cannot go without studying hard on the regulations. You just can't do it enough. You're just not gonna be able to you do it hard and put your effort into finding everything out about the regulations for wherever you're going, not just for li- bird numbers and what they allow, how many, what the limit is, how many you can shoot of each variety. Don't assume it's the same <clears throat> as your state or your area because you could be in the same state and say you could shoot five honkers here, but in this area you can shoot one honker or you can't shoot any also. Regs is massive. Um, I know I called this prep for out-of-state duck hunting, but just let's just say I should I may change the title and say prep for out of area duck hunting or out of your I don't know how I'll word that but cuz this does apply and can apply to all your um situations so like the like I said like the regs just for the birds what's your limit is it 5 6 or 7 um how many can you shoot a red how many redheads can you shoot is it one is it two is it none honkers or mallards, you know, I can shoot five mallards, you know, and two bonus ducks, or one bonus duck, or I can shoot, you know, seven drake mallards, uh, maybe two hens, so five drakes and two hens, whatever. Just you got to know that stuff. <clears throat> that's a, that's a given. But the other thing I was wanting to bring out is, it, you got to pay attention to the regs on, um, you know, like let's just say for river. Maybe you can't hunt that. Like Onyx, don't just don't put your full reliance on Onyx, please, because there'll be times, and I know Onyx is always trying to update things and regs and rules change, but there's times where, man, it looks like on Onyx, like this is, this is, yeah, we can hunt this. This is totally public. But then you go on <clears throat> the state's regulations and you look at that area and that stretch of river and like, oh, shoot, that's not, like, you can't hunt that. Or, that shoreline from here to here, you're not allowed to do, but you can on this side. Or you got to be so many feet from this or 
this, you know, there's so many different things and you just really, really got to be careful. You got to be cognizant of it. Do your due diligence, pay attention, read. And I, I've done this before. Call a game board, <clears throat> call a fishing game, talk to someone there that knows the, those things and clear it up before. If you have any questions, any doubt at all, do it. Don't, don't go and ask later because that ain't going to turn out well for you. You're going to either get a ticket or go to jail one, two, and none, none of us want to lose our hunting privileges or that, that'd be a nightmare. I, I honestly can't even fathom if I, my gun, I couldn't hunt for a year. I would just destroy me. So just do your due diligence. Look at the regs, look at the bird numbers, how many can you're allowed to take. Um, look at uh, where you can hunt, uh, what's closed zone. You know, refuges will have a lot of closed zone or sanctuaries for birds. Do not get caught up in hunting a sanctuary on accident. Some places have sanctuaries and they have a hunting pond next to it, and but they say you cannot retrieve. You can only go in this area to retrieve. So they'll have signs that maybe make a hundred yard buffer between that and the sanctuary or the closed zone just for bird retrieval. Cause if you shoot something it falls in there, it's fine, but you cannot hunt in that area. <clears throat> you cannot shoot birds standing in that, that zone. So just got to know it. Uh, we're not perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to like, Oh man. And if you know, if you got a good game warrant and it's not obvious, they're going to cut you some slack or say, yeah, no, you can't do that. Because I guarantee, promise you, other hunters will will turn you in. And a lot of times it's really for your own good, to be honest with you, because <clears throat> you could get yourself into deeper trouble if people aren't, you know, us as hunters aren't watching out for each other. So um, lastly, I feel like there's more I could say about regs than there probably is going to be uh, later, but I'll just end with that right there. We're, I'm already going a little bit longer than I wanted to. Lastly, for this episode... Um, the first trip, so your first trip that you take out of state or out of town, because it's too far to come back home to, um, I highly suggest your first time, uh, unless you're just going to camp, is to get a hotel. Um, because <clears throat> for one night, if you're on a four-day trip, hold on, for one night, because you may have a big range of area that you're going to hunt and maybe it's like 50 mile nautical 50 no I'm thinking airplane terms <laughs> you got a 50 mile radius of area that you're going to be hunting so if possible if you only rent one night of hotel and man there ain't no birds in this area but you drove north 40 miles and you found the x then good your stuff's with you you already packed you already um Packed up your clothes that morning when you were leaving. It's it is a pain. I know. Just you gotta get up even a little earlier to get everything loaded back in your truck. But I'd rather be instead of driving forty minutes or, or forty five minutes every morning to the X because you stayed back here and already booked a hotel for three nights. You can move to the hot area and you've got a five ten minute drive. So it really just gives you more advantage because you can still get up early. I'm not saying necessarily it's always just about getting more sleep but it can be and it also can be less wear and tear on your vehicle so um i highly suggest your first trip to an area that you're not unsure of stay in a hotel at night and then if that's somewhere that you come back to consistently then you can look into doing 
an Airbnb. So now you're like, oh, I've been there. This place is great. This time of year, we already heard that there's birds there. Boom, lock down an Airbnb. Because in the long run, I feel like they're cheaper and they're more convenient. You can wash clothes. That you Almost all of them have washer and dryers. Um, they'll be in the area that you want them to be in. There's more room. Uh, usually they'll have a driveway or just a big area to park your truck, your trailer, your your boat, whatever it is that you take them with you or a couple buddies that have their vehicles. It, it's kind of, Your stuff's more secure because it's out of the house instead of a hotel. Um, you don't have to take everything inside every time, depending on where you're staying, if it's out in the country. It's just there's a lot of little things about it that – I feel like an Airbnb is better. If we're out in the country, we can leave all our decoys in our boat, which we kind of do anyways, but it always makes me a little nervous when you're in town. But if you're out in the country at Airbnb, it's no worry. And you can pre-pack more stuff in your vehicle the night before and less to do in the morning in those situations, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think the second trip and beyond, an Airbnb is a great idea because you have all those options. You have multiple rooms. Excuse me. You have a kitchen. You have a living room. You can watch movies or whatever you want in the evening. If you got somewhere to hang out, you got a kitchen. They'll always usually have Keurigs. Um, you got a couple showers. You got your own room. It's just it's super convenient and really it's not anymore. It's about the same. Airbnb has went up in the last couple of years. It was cheaper two years ago. Now they're throwing all these hidden fees in. There's another place you can do. If someone wants to put it in the comments, you can on YouTube, but there is another place that's not as old as Airbnb, but it looks like they're not hitting you with all these hidden fees like Airbnb is starting to try to do. So I don't know. I say that then another time you get, if you book out early enough, you're going to get that good deal. It's when you kind of wait too long. I would highly suggest booking out with an Airbnb, um, man, as far as you can, if it's two months, a month, Month is already starting to get down to the wire where like those good ones are gone already in the area. Because if you do it like two weeks before, you're still not going to find something. But you're like, man, there ain't that good of stuff here in this area. Well, do something. If you know you're going to go somewhere, you don't have to book it. But like four months in advance, look at that area. You'll be surprised how many places there are, even in some remote areas um, that are available because it's so early. But you get a month out. You won't even see those show up because they're not available for your dates anyway. So definitely the earlier, the better for Airbnbs. And then look, there's another some other companies that do that that might charge a little less right now because they're newer. So anyways, that's where I was going to end this episode. I Hopefully that helped guys that are thinking about doing that, whether it's four hours from your house or whether it's, it really doesn't matter at that point. A four-hour distant trip is basically the same as going 16 it just costs you more, but it's the same concept. You got to have lodging, got to have food, you got to pay for fuel, you got to you're you got to be ready, got to scout, got to do all these other things. So, anyways, that is that episode. Thanks for listening in and uh, give some feedback if you want. And YouTube, don't forget to go on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and rate and review however you can do on there. Let's bring those numbers up, guys. Let's let's start. I really appreciate it if you start just jacking those numbers up and start seeing the ratings just go sky high. So anyways, appreciate it. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Yeah.